Broken Metabots, your one and only Metabots podcast. Hi, I'm your host idol, Colin Kakin, and here's my secondary idol host, Mitch. My name's Mitch. And today we're talking about everybody's favorite international sensation, Metabots. Come and grab your friends. That hurts. I, I loved hate, it. I want to be taken out back and shot. Uh, <laughs> you know, if you want to become an idol, we can become Metabots VTubers. I can be a Metabots VTuber. I refuse to be an idol. I can't. I, I, I can't do it. I hate idol media, which makes, which is strange that I do like uh, VTubers, but like, you know, um, I'm not a Sora fan. I can tell you that. Uh, <laughs> From Kingdom Hearts? Um, Hi, Mitch. I don't know anything doing? about VTubers. I would rather I would rather be a, a ballerina uh, than a uh, idol if I'm if I'm being real. But also, oh, yeah, I'm, I turn 32 just... at the end of the month, so I don't think that's good. I don't think that's in the cards for me. This might actually yeah. be this episode might actually come out very close to my birthday. Come to think of it, uh, <laughs> happy birthday, idol Colin. Uh, yeah. Um, you get a sword as a ballerina sometimes. You rarely yeah. get a sword as an idol. That's untrue. Oh, <laughs> there, there is, there is explicitly. Uh, I, um, my wife and several of our friends are very into Love Live, and I am ninety nine percent sure there's like there is a Love Live idol that like her whole thing is she has a sword. Mm. Also, they've definitely done like samurai themed costumes at some point, and like you know French prince themed costumes, et cetera, et cetera. Yeah, you can but, be an idol and have a sword. But forgive me if I'm wrong. Love Live ain't real, right? <laughs> like, so those aren't real swords. Um, I mean, they do do like the 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 actresses who do the voices for the characters and sing the songs do do live in character concerts. All right. All right. Uh, as far as I'm aware, that's like the thing that separates Love Live from Idolmaster. But again, I really don't like, well, hmm. I don't like idols when they show up in anime like this. I don't, I hate to, I hate to, to turn on my good weekly mecha show or whatever. And suddenly there's an episode or an arc about an idol character. Uh, because it always sucks. Uh, we're getting ahead of ourselves. We need to talk about, we need to talk about ballerinas first because we do have a very good episode to start out with. Um, so this entire series, we've been asking for Sam episodes. We've been talking about the conflict of her being a ballerina. We've been talking about like so many things that this episode touches on and I love it. It's, it's good. Uh, this is episode 43, um, on both sides of the Pacific. Uh, which is great. <laughs> we no it's, longer have to caveat that. Uh, this is Space Meta Ballerina X, and uh, this episode rules. Uh, well, aside from one major thing, but you know, we're going to talk we, about that. <laughs> we uh, we get the title, the Dancing Boss. Okay, which I like too. Like both of these titles are great. It's rare that we both get good titles. Yeah. Um, you know what's not great is uh, we open up um, mm. at uh, the the, pre- the the a match previous week's match where Team Mexico, which is still very racist, uh, has beat Team Polynesia, which is also very racist because all of their metabots are Easter Island heads and uh, all the members are in um, you know some version of 
uh, uh, Aloha shirts and uh, hula outfits. Yeah, um, they they're specifically just Indonesia in uh, in the sub. Yeah, I really yeah. don't. I get. I guess because they like it. It doesn't make sense how they're like making certain things into regional teams like team caribbean and team polynesia it's just like it like fucking but then they have stuff like team spain and team mexico and team japan or whatever it's like take a stance on how the fuck you're doing this please Um, well you got to understand so uh in the uh libertarian hellscape that is metawatch uh the meta the metabots world um meta earth um these countries earned enough money from their winnings to buy their own freedom, which is the only way to gain freedom. <laughs> yeah, it's a team Polynesia because some, me- me- uh, I was about to say meta corporation, some mega corporation has take over and taken over the entire region. Okay, yeah, I'll buy that. Um, yeah, it, that, that it's the only out. thing that makes sense. Yeah. There's just a large Bitcoin operation in the Caribbean. <laughs> so now they're their own country. God, uh, well, um, we smash cut, uh, to Samantha is the understudy for her dance class's lead and, uh, the lead sprang her ankle. So guess who gets to be the lead ballerina in their recital in the next week? Oh, also we do, we do cut away from, uh, the, the, um, uh, the arena hearing that, uh, team Mexico will be fighting team Japan, uh, uh, next week. So, oh, foreshadowing. Um, that this is what's going on. And Sam's so happy. She, her, she's, her mom's going to be so proud of her. Her mom's just always wanted her to be a ballerina. And it seems like, you know, she's really put in some effort for this. Um, so she runs home to her Tengu house. I'm glad the Tengu house mm-hmm. is still mm-hmm. canon. Uh, and Sam's nanny, Yuri, um, opens up one of those classic Japanese party balls. Um, and, uh, you know, congratulates her uh lets sam know that her mom is incredibly proud and is going to invite uh her entire family um which uh, you know sam was a little little worried uh about this in the in the the tournament at the same time but you know she con- she concocts a plan she's gonna do it she's gonna do the recital and she's gonna fight in the tournament uh as space meta ballerina x <laughs> that that's a big difference in this episode um she doesn't. She doesn't mention Space Meta Ballerina X at all. It, yeah, it's it's just. Oh, I'm gonna do both. I can't give up on my, my dream or my mom. Yeah. <laughs> um, the, being a ballerina is her dream, but it's her dream because that's how she connects with her mother. Yeah. In the sub, which is a slightly different take than what I feel comes across in the dub, where it's more of it's her mom's dream for her, and th- there's I a think... subtle distinction there. But I I, I think it is. Uh, just slightly different. Um, I think it comes. It's it's more of a subtext in in the dub. Um, like I think I think part of it is the space meta ballerina like X thing is uh, the localizer saw a pun and will mm-hmm. never turn one down. Um, and then I think the other part of it is is there is uh there is a distinct kind of understated quality to like Sam pursuing this whole uh ballet thing. Um, that it's like very clear that she puts a lot of effort into it, but doesn't like vocalize, uh, like the, the actual like want or dream of it. And it's not to like a very specific point late in the dub that it, that it kind of like reveals that aspect of it. And I think Mm -hmm. it, I think it works really well. I, this, this is a very good and well-paced episode. Uh, this is, this 
if you only watch two episodes of Metabots, make it be the Takoyaki episode in this episode. <laughs> well, hmm. That does miss out on uh, the Toonie Head Caviar episode, which is great, but I, you know, it does contain more Metabot lore than these two do. <laughs> It will also, as we're going to learn in a second, if you're going to watch, if you're going to watch the Tuna Head Miss Caviar saga, that's more than two episodes, baby. Uh. S- sort of. Yeah, sort of. But yeah, um, I, I just, she keeps talking about how much her mom loves her and her mom has to work late and it's, uh, she's so excited to be able to see her mom at the recital. Yeah. Um, like throughout this entire episode, it, she shows nothing but love towards her mom. Yeah. Which they very easily could have had like any amount of resentment or anything there, but it's yeah, always like, a positive loving relationship between the two of them. I'm, I'm really glad they didn't like lean into making this like even in the dub about like about it, about like Sam's mom just being distant and a workaholic. Like mm-hmm. you immediately get the feeling of like, you know, Sam's mom is a single parent and is like really having to like work really hard to make ends meet and is still making sure that she does everything she can to be a part of her daughter's life. This is, this is a really good episode. Yeah. Like, <laughs> Metabots only has good moms. Yeah. Uh, I, I, the only thing I wish is that Team Mexico was not in this episode. Uh, yeah. But, oh God. Um, so we cut to the next day at school. Um, Samantha is, you know, talking about how, uh, you know, she's so excited for everything, but, uh, you know, has to has to keep this whole dance thing a secret and only to find out that everybody knows about her recital and is like commenting on it and saying she's like she's so talented and stuff uh, because it turns out these screws are have they've made a stand. They're selling merchandise. They're hyping it up to everybody uh, and they're handing out a crate full of engraved invitations that Sam's mom gave them. Okay. <laughs> Sam's mom not only knows that she has these two minions, but knows yeah. to send out invites to the minions to get work done. Like yeah. that—that's a good mom. Um, the the one thing I have to say is when when she mentioned that they're engraved, like or embossed or something, like uh, the that one scene from American Psycho is making the rounds again because they <laughs> they're like uh, I guess Netflix started uh, a YouTube channel and like started a a a specific like uh, uh channel for like three like um black film students to talk about like uh films that they think uh should be included in in the American film canon and like one of the ones they talk about is American Psycho and they specific focus specifically focus on the fucking business card scene and so mm-hmm. like that's all that I can think about is like Sam opening up this this uh, uh envelope and just going oh my god there's a watermark like that's all I can fucking think of while this is going on. <laughs> um, yeah, we'll, we'll we'll move past that. I'm just Netflix has a YouTube series. <laughs> Why don't just put it on Netflix? Uh, this is not the think... podcast for that. But like, I'm I'm glad they're inclu- including you know young black film students to talk about things. That's super cool. Weird that it's on YouTube to me. Uh, they, they've been doing stuff like that for a while. Uh, like um, they've been. Uh, they've been putting like short, like, like, like they'll they'll take like a a two or three minute like solid set out of a um 
of a, a stand-up routine and and put it on uh, uh, a YouTube to make an advertisement to get people to go to Netflix and then watch the whole set. Uh, they've been uh, they've been playing around with a lot of stuff like that, which I think is actually pretty smart. Uh, yeah, that they're, uh, yeah. I, I really wish Google wasn't the default way to share things and therefore YouTube wasn't the default way to share music or yeah. anything on the internet. Uh, but I guess well, that is the hell we live in. I'm sure they have it on Facebook too, but I'm just like never on Facebook. Uh, <laughs> Oof, yeah. All right. Um, but yeah, good mom from Sam. Yeah, good mom. Uh, yeah, like, um, you know, uh, uh, Sam's freaking out that they're handing invitations out to everybody. And it's like, you're not even invited. Don't come. I'm embarrassed. Uh, and uh, Icky confronts her. It's like, hey, are you going to do both? Uh, you know, uh, are you going to do the fight and do this recital? And Sam's like confident again. Um, and even, and even then there's no way it's even going to be a conflict because she's not space meta fighter X who knows what a, he's up to. <laughs> he'll he'll be there. A great running bit through the entire episode. Yeah. Is I got it. I'm going to kick their butts. I mean, never mind. I'm not even space meta fighter X <laughs> every time it's I'm confident I can do this. By the way, I'm not space meta fighter X. Yeah. <laughs> It's it's great. Yeah. Um, they do head off to go do some recon um, with Arika and Koji and everybody uh, to, to spy on Team Mexico. Uh, they've kind of fallen around the street when they see Team Mexico bumps into a pair of twins, uh, one of which says that they've broken his funny bone. And lo and behold, it's a it's they're 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 in league with one of the Yakuza from an earlier episode who steps in demanding that they apologize. Uh, and they respond with whatever racist thing they make the Team Mexico say all the time. And uh, there is an impromptu row battle. And uh, yeah, their they're cactus metabots just destroy the Megafant. No problem. Like two seconds. Uh. <laughs> now, you call him a Yakuza. He's clearly just an honorable real estate person just looking out for these two fine gentlemen. Oh, yeah. Totally honorable uh, real estate agent. Um you know, I'm I'm sure you know he he does his best to make sure that they can they can buy up a del- old dilapidated property by paying a bunch of homeless people to hang out there and harass anybody who won't you know get rid of their get rid of their lease or their ownership to a to an apartment or a business and then they flatten it and they, they'll build a pachinko parlor there and yeah you know I know how real estate agents work in this situation I've played Yakuza Zero. <laughs> You know, in the the world of Metabots, they might be the good guys. Yeah, I mean, uh, I, Metabots does have several episodes that just could be Yakuza Yakuza bits. Uh, uh, you never know. This guy, this guy could have a heart of gold. He could be running a Metabot orphanage. <laughs> we don't know. Yeah, I mean, you play the Yakuza games. You know that most of the time, Yakuza their crimes are working at a restaurant. Or racing RC cars, or yeah. helping orphans. Those are crimes. Dri- driving a taxi. Uh, <laughs> um, playing questionable uh, children's card games that are filled with uh, sexy booby bug ladies. Uh, um, getting into fights in the street. Uh, eating at a restaurant. Uh, <laughs> and none of those are real crimes. Yeah. Um so at this point, uh, you know, they've gotten some intel and some immediately cuts loose because she's got to get to ballet practice. Um, uh, at home afterwards, she finds out that uh, her mom has secretly constructed an entire ballet studio inside the house. I assume this is in the nose of the Tengu. Um, uh, so oh, it, that, uh, it is uh, 
she dug out a basement under the house with their bare hands and built a ballet studio underground. Okay. Overnight. Yeah. <laughs> yeah and it's so that she, she has all the room she needs to privately practice. Uh, this is when Sloan volunteers to be her manager and uh, take off the responsibility of her having to plan her exercise routines. He's going to keep her schedule uh, until, until all of this is over to help out because, you know, he's a good friend and he's a good minion. He's got to look out for the boss. Every boss needs an ad- administrative assistant. Uh, <laughs> and it, it can't be Spike. <laughs> oh, we know, we know it can't be Spike. Uh, uh, so um, uh, the the next day at, at training, uh, the team's planning out their strategy. Uh, Sam says that uh, Space Meta Ballerina X will lead the next fight uh, because Pepper Cat is the fastest, and that's what they've got to overcome. Uh, these these Cactus Metabots are just they're too quick on the draw. Uh, they've got to have speed if they're going to do it. So Pepper Cat's going to lead, and Meta Bean Spilladon are going to have to be support. And also, don't forget, I am not Space Meta Fighter X. <laughs> it, um, throughout this whole episode, we are getting um, Sam leaping and doing uh, different ballet moves. Uh, it's happened a few times, and every time the narrator pauses and explains what the ballet move is, which is like really nice. I'm not saying this episode is, you know, educational, yeah. but like, it's nice. It, it's the cl- a, yeah. <laughs> there's a lot of care there. The closest we get in the dub is basically like any time Peppercat does a move like that, uh, uh, it's like it's Sam calling out that move. Um, so like we don't get the full explanation, but we do at least get like the terminology thrown around, which is nice. <laughs> it's it, it would have been so easy just to have her, you know, do a couple leaps and then like, oh, yeah, you know, it's ballet. But yeah. no, like someone on the team must have been an actual ballet fan. Yeah, or they just, you know, they did their research uh, to, to know what an etouffee is or whatever it is they say I've already forgotten. Uh, uh, but yeah, Iki and Koji give her a hard time for not being focused on, on the fight. And she's like, oh, yeah, no, it'll be fine. I'm just I'm doing a lot. Uh, and that's when Sloan slides in to block them uh, because it's time for her to get to ballet practice. And over at ballet practice, we see that she gets caught up in in, you know, she's she's burning the candle at both ends she actually accidentally does some punches and kicks while she's uh you know doing her ballet practice um and then she goes home and sloan is working her night and day in a classic montage sequence (laughs) um this this montage sequence um real good like we get a couple montages in this episode and um this episode's a gift (laughs) Yeah, um, I believe there's a there's a unique score for some of the montages, right? Uh, you want to yeah. go into those? Uh. Yeah. So in the dub, the montage goes, uh, it's time to take a stand. I'm going to be the best I can. I won't be kicked around. The last one standing in the final round. Yeah. In like some like angry training butt rock. <laughs> yeah, now, it's great. <laughs> in the sub, oh, uh, and the dub is just sang by, you know, generic singers. Yeah, it's probably the same people that did the the opening theme. Uh, uh, in the sub, the song is sang by the Screws. Uh, good. And the the lyrics are stronger than you are. The the stronger you are, the cooler you are. Don't even think about losing. Let's go all out today, like we would on any other. The ones to rise against the wind are the greatest. Beat anyone who gets in your way, black and blue. We are the three that everyone fears most. Blow away the strong. Blow away the weaklings. Be it counterattacks or cheap moves, so long as you win, the means don't matter. Screws, 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 screws. (laughs) (laughs) 
we get a Screws theme song, and all the violent lines are sang by Sam. Everything else is sang by the boys. Oh, yeah, of course. I mean, she's the boss. Uh, she's in the lead. They're going to be support. Peppercat is going to be the one to do all the dirty work. Uh. It, um, it's phenomenal. Like, we get a lot of hardworking um, things there. We also get a lot of clips that don't make it into the dub of Samantha falling asleep. Uh, just because she's being overworked. Uh, one of them is she fell asleep in the bathtub. But, like, she's falling asleep standing up doing stuff, too. Yeah. Like, um, uh, you know, she even, you know, is like, oh God, uh, I guess we, uh, we don't get this immediately. Um, but, uh, uh, I, I guess like the, the first kind of cut back that we get is like, um, uh, she comes home to there being a, a full size sewing dummy with a tutu and a letter and a basket because her mom has left her, um, has, has hand sewn, uh, lead toe shoes for her so that she can train her her legs better as if she wasn't training hard enough already uh yeah um mr narrator pops in and we get a great splash um here of a bunch of like old sports anime people in like like an older style of animation which is really neat yeah and, like uh, some, some baki the grappler hajime no ipo looking stuff i'm guessing <laughs> yeah i i love this image i'm gonna gif it it's great um <laughs> And Mr. Nader pops in for like the fourth time this episode explaining something. Uh, Lead toe shoes, while such reckless training gear is a rare sink nowadays, they were a staple item of the once famous sports and kanju uh, genre of television. (laughs) Just explaining, you know, basic culture, I guess, to these kids watching the show. (laughs) Uh, He also um, says it's also known as Spokon, which, which is fun. Okay. Yeah. Um, we we don't do enough um, portmanteaus here in America. I we don't. Yeah. We just we kind of do a bad job of adopting other people's words for things, anyways. Uh, <laughs> we kind of do a bad job at adopting everything, really. Yeah. <laughs> oh man, uh, we're back in the Paris Climate Accords at least. Um, oh, God. So um, yeah, uh, she has these lead toe shoes, uh, which immediately uh, uh, Spike drops to the floor in, in pain and agony uh, because these are, you know, she's going to turn in the Rock Lee of Ballet um, uh, and notices she goes to, tri- uh, like, I guess puts a finger in one and gets pricked by a needle, which makes her realize that her, her mom did hand sew these, despite the fact that she knows that her mom hates sewing, which is a thing we're going to come back time and time again. Uh, and then the nanny comes back with a fax with a new uh, schedule her mom's made for her, and it's just an unending <laughs> fax. It's literally an infinite fax. <laughs> I I was so expecting Yuri to um, just read it off straight-faced and the kids yeah. to be the one to react that it's a little much. But <laughs> nope. She's like, oh, this is this is a lot, isn't it? <laughs> <laughs> and it, it shows um, – Yuri gets so little lines, but it shows – like a lot of character, her just going, "Oh, this is a lot, isn't it?" Yeah, like it's well, she. She does like start reading off stuff like you know, oh, from from this hour to this mm-hmm. hour, you're gonna do like three miles of swimming, and from this mile, uh, this hour to this hour, you're gonna do a thousand whatevers and like stuff like that. Uh, it's it's a little insane. Uh- <laughs> Absolutely, but yeah, uh, uh, the the scene's just going, and it's just a long scroll, and it's just still shooting out of the fax machine in the background. Yeah. Like filling an entire room, uh, and just like just the back of the shot. It's yeah, that's a good that, bit. The tango is going to be mostly paper here soon. Yeah. Um, well, we do go back into Rocky mode. Um, 
you know, plenty of more training. Uh, and uh, Sam's like, you know, in in a hoodie running uh, while Spike and Sloan are like running and riding a bike alongside her. Uh, but uh, Samantha uh, falls to the ground with a leg cramp. Uh, she can't. She's like, you know, overwhelmed. And Spike and Sloan together run off to go get a doctor, which you wouldn't want to do. You always want to leave one person with with somebody who's had a medical emergency uh, so that they can help keep uh, keep care of the keep the yeah. Uh, uh, take care of them and like keep them conscious, that kind of thing. Um, but you know, it seems like Samantha's not too uh, bad at a place and just has like a little moment uh, on herself. Uh, you know, she's she's thinking about, you know, maybe she's working herself too hard. You know, she wants to uh, she wants to do right by her mom, but she also has her team that she needs to worry about. And uh, she as she kind of like leans back on the uh, the embankment, it just kind of thinks I should I should cut back a little bit on ballet practice, which is when her nanny shows up with a tin full of what she describes in the dub as vitamin rich peanut butter tofu and bean sprout sandwiches. Yeah, uh, it is just a very <laughs> healthy meal that her mother handmade for her, and then okay. um, so. Uh, in the um in the sub her mom keeps calling her uh Himichan. and and the uh the meal that's shown it is a beautiful uh like bento box and uh Himichan is written in seaweed on the rice okay that's cute like it's a very like sweet and cute um looking meal and like her mom handmade it uh it was told woke up an hour early just to make this for you today yeah <laughs> um, i'm like that's really nice um real quick I'm not sure if you missed it or it might be a sub-dub difference here. Um, we zoom in on uh, Sam's face after uh, the boys leave, and she sticks out her tongue and laughs. Uh, <laughs> she was faking a cramp. No. She was yeah. faking a cramp to get away from the boys. Uh, explicitly did not get that in the dub. Uh, All right. I don't think so. Um, yeah. She <laughs> she needed a break. Yeah. Uh, oh, man. Um, and then I'm, I'm guessing Hime-chan is like, uh, uh, is basically like she's calling Sam her little princess. Uh, mm-hmm. I don't know what Sam's name in the in the sub is. Um, uh, I I think it's Hiruhime. Um, the Kiruhime. Um, give me. A... Okay. All right. Yeah. So it is. She yeah. is shortening her name, but also part of her name is also similar to the word yeah. for princess. Yeah. Okay. Which is yeah. uh, when <laughs> Kochi, which means prince, and oh, uh, Samantha okay. are, are a pair because they're prince and princess. They they should be. Uh, I'm telling you, uh, uh, Metabots. Twenty years later, we got ships. Uh, <laughs> I mean, Koji needs someone to like call him out on his shit. <laughs> yeah, Koji needs to be not just the you know he needs to be the second in the relationship. He needs someone to go. No, I'm better than you in every way. <laughs> <laughs> and who can do that but Sam? Yeah. Oh no, man. you don't understand. I'm the catch here. <laughs> Uh, speaking of Koji and Sam, uh, we come to the, the next day on the school roof. Koji has come here on a helicopter. The helicopter's literally landed right behind them. Uh, and they're going over, uh, this new plan to take down Team Mexico. But Sam keeps falling asleep during it. Um, and Sloane stops, uh, stops them from trying to wake her up. And it's like, hey, listen, you know, her mom had her all up all night practicing, you know, uh, let her get some sleep. She really needs it. Uh, she'll she be, she'll be good. She's been trying her hardest to practice for for both. And this is when Sam begins to start sleep pirouetting, uh, which is very good, very cute. Uh. Um, Koji says everyone needs to pay attention. I cut my lunch short to fly here in my helicopter. I'm like, <laughs> that's a little entitled. Yeah, 
Especially since everyone does have cell phones. <laughs> and as we know, this is the year 2021. Uh, they could have a Discord channel on those phones. Uh, they could do a group call. They well, could probably see, even FaceTime. You can FaceTime. In the Metabots world, people, you have right? to pay Discord by the minute. <laughs> yeah, but he's rich. Or like Karen can pay for it. It's fine. Mm-hmm. <laughs> they got that uh, Alistair yeah. on there. <laughs> God. Um so uh, uh, she does keep her insane training regimen up. Um, uh, the training is clearly starting to pay off for her, both in her dancing and uh, in her fighting. Um, uh, uh, and you know, it's you know, we get this insane montage of her doing like you know these these insane kicks and like you know everything going well at the team practices. Uh, the the metabots, all three of them, are starting to like like have like. A, a dance quality to the way that they're practicing together. Like, it's just, it's good to watch. Um, but this is when Spike and Flo- Sloan finally realize something wrong. Uh, the fight and the recital are on the same day, and Sloan failed as her manager, as her schedule, scheduler, not realizing that they are not only on the same day, but the exact same time. <laughs> Which is a very big failure. Sure. Yeah. But like no one else noticed it either. Um, but it's so great. Um, so he falls down and is uh, having a minor breakdown about this. And she just keeps kicking him in the head. Yeah. <laughs> just repeatedly, like three or four times. And each time she kicks, it's like 10 rapid fire kicks. <laughs> yeah. Uh, she uh, eventually kind of like runs out into the city, not being able to deal with the stress of this. And it's just kind of wandering, what are like you know, not knowing what to do until who does she run into? But Chicken Seller, who tells her that you know, if you try to get two chickens, you're going to lose them both. You have to choose one or the other. Uh, you have to choose one, and in that choosing, give one up because it's your choice. Otherwise, you'll regret not having either. You know, uh, that is exactly the same speech he gives, <laughs> which is uh, I think that's the first time. And yeah. Also, um, I believe this is the first time you can't do your joke about the rabbit seller. Oh, because, God, yeah. Because oh, we're caught up. He's, he's actually back to selling chickens for no they reason. Did, yeah, they did in canon go back to selling chickens. Uh, yeah, but this is this is kind of where we get like the one of the first big hints at this this kind of subtext with everything. Uh, Sam says that you know she does she she uh, she might dance for her mom, but she row battles for herself. Uh, and that's she's she's got to make that choice. So she's going to give up the recital to uh, fight with her friends. Um, the uh, the language she uses is obviously a little different here in the sub. Um, she goes, I, I roll battle for me and my mother. Or I, I ba- do ballet for me and my mother, but row battling is something I came into on my own. Yeah. So it's it, it is different there. It's just different enough. Um, because she does go throughout the whole episode saying she does love ballet. Yeah, which is nice. Uh, we do cut back to uh, she's trying to tell her mom that she she's gonna have to cancel her her role in the recital. Uh, and when she goes to open the door, uh, she doesn't find her mom in there, but finds her mom's sewing room and a, an exquisitely made tutu. Uh. Uh, it turns out her mother has been uh, uh, has to stay at work instead of going to the recital. 
uh, in a letter that she wrote, but she, um, but she, you know, stayed up uh, all night working on this so that uh, Sam can truly shine and be uh, more beautiful than anyone else, and uh, even wove the fabric by hand. Um, and uh, at the last minute, Sam decides that she can't let her mother down. She has to do this. Um, the uh, the difference here in the sub and the dub is uh, there's some blood on the tutu. <laughs> um, it turns out her mom um, was working herself to the bone and uh, was very tired and uh, injured herself while sewing the tutu and kept going. So her daughter would have the beautiful tutu she deserves. <laughs> And is like, like, they're not saying she's crying at work today. Yeah. But Yuri, like, strongly implies she's just crying at work all day today. Yeah. God, um, this is. So Sam seeing the blood on the tutu, um, she comes to the conclusion that to row battle um, would be selfish of her. Like, this is something that she loves. Her mom loves it. And she has to do ballet um, for her mom. Yeah. Not not necessarily for her, but like as tribute to her mom's hard work. Yeah. And like that's a very sweet sweet thing too. It's oh man, and like Sam's motivations are so complex in this episode. This is so well done. Like the this like this uh uh pull and push on like, you know, is she going to go to the tournament? Is she going to do this recital? This is such a good episode. Uh, I was, I, I did cry at a point in this episode. Uh, remember a couple episodes where, uh, Koji went crazy cause he saw a bug. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> Metabots is a hell of a show. It is. Remember uh, when they're penguins hiding inside of a fake hippo? Yeah. It was fantastic. Uh, when Metabee thought that, that, uh, uh, animals all give birth to penguins. <laughs> penguins oh. are simply the larval form of all animals. Uh, we don't know if that is or isn't true in the Metabots world. Except oh, for man. Mantis. We know what Mantis come from. Yeah. Um, so everyone's waiting on Sam at the tournament. Um, uh, you know, she still hasn't shown up. Uh, uh, Icky thinks that she's still asleep uh, because I guess he assumes he hasn't slept in a week. Um, but, you know, Sloane's like, oh, no, she'll be here. Um, and then Arika makes the comment that uh, Karen isn't here either. Um, but that's because she's going to a friend's ballet recital, uh, which is when Koji and Icky realize the truth. Uh, oh, no, wait, I guess Spike said that earlier that, you know, oh, she's she's not asleep. But she'll be here. Uh, and that's when Sloane shows up with Peppercat and it dawns on them. Um that uh yeah uh, uh sam ain't coming it's um i'm very confused by these next two episodes and we'll get to it more next episode yeah. but um space meta fighter x is a very confusing concept they're going with yeah in this tournament arc well i mean it's a mask you can do whatever with it uh yeah. <laughs> we'll get into it more i'm just i wasn't sure the entire time why sam's still space meta fighter x instead of karen yeah, I guess it. Yeah, it does, we'll we'll get to I that. I think it's as because to, yeah. Karen doesn't like row battling necessarily. Yeah, but on the other hand, Karen is undefeated still, even now. Undefeated. Well, Karen couldn't do it because Karen had to go to her friend's uh, uh, ballet uh, recital. I mean, you know, she's been here for every single match, presumably. I don't know mm -hmm. where she was while Space Meta Fighter X was was fighting in those first two matches, but um. Yeah, like you know, she's been here plenty. It's she's fine to take a night off to go like support another friend for a one-time thing. <laughs> I guess. Um, we get a clip that I only have uh, the notes I've written down for it are "Please stop being racist." 
Um, and then we move on to uh, Spike and Karen at the recital. Yeah. Um, <laughs> yeah, it's it's very good. Um, so the friend that Karen's here to cheer on is Sam. Yeah. Uh, I At first I was thinking, oh, you know, maybe it's one of the other girls. No, it is specifically she's here for Sam. Yeah. And there's a running joke throughout this whole uh, ballet segment where Spike can't find Sam on stage. Yes. Uh, he just can't look. He can't see her. And every time he he asks where she is, someone goes, oh, she just stepped away. Yeah. Um, <laughs> Which is a good I, bit. Yeah. He's here to so, support his boss and is just too dumb to see her. It's really funny how it plays in the dub uh, because, you know, in the dub we get um, uh, uh, first we get Sam suiting up and making this comment about how it's three minutes until the tournament and the ballet begins. Uh, and uh, then we cut to a very short segment of like Spike trying to look around and, and find Sam uh, only only to immediately find out, oh, she she just she just stepped off. She just did her part, which implies that Sam was on was was like her, the lead part that she did in this ballet was for like two seconds. Mm-hmm. <laughs> That's how it's cut too. Like, <laughs> I, I'm guessing they just didn't want to show five minutes of uh, ballet anime, which yeah. is a crime. Um, you know, they did make all of the ballet like dancers have the exact same model and only kind of differentiated the hair color on a couple of them. So, yeah. yeah. Although to be fair, that is how ballet be. <laughs> <laughs> Um, so, uh, in the locker room while, uh, Sam is like, you know, being proud of herself for doing such a good job, but also hoping that her friends can forgive her for, for bailing on the tournament. Um, she overhears, uh, a radio announcer, uh, doing a play-by-play of the fight because there are two other, two other of the ballerinas are in here and they're, um, they're trying to catch the fight on the radio and, you know, they're still at it. And she's like, oh man, I wish I could be there, which when is when Karen and Spike pop, up, pop around and say, oh, yeah, um, my driver can get us there in no time. Don't worry. Uh, except that there's so much traffic that they, yeah, they're not going to make it in time before the fight ends. Uh, so what does Sam do? She jumps out of the car and proceeds to leap and bound in a ballet fashion uh, from car top to car top to make it to the stadium in time. <laughs> and I I can't overemphasize enough like how good this episode looks, especially with all the ballet. Yeah. Like Sam, like every time she moves in this episode, it is a slow-mo, like sparkle background, perfect ballet form. Yeah. Uh, Like they definitely, they, they clearly try to not make it a, a long sequence focus. They're clearly not confident in being able to like, you know, um... Like you said, they're not prepared to make a ballet anime, um, but they they make sure to frame and give these like specific shots of specific moves in action, like uh, enough of this kind of like quick shot, different background, slight bit of movement to to really make it feel like you're you're catching a, a single moment in time, so that you don't think about the fact that they're really not animated all that much. They're basically mm-hmm. just posed illustrations with like a little bit of fancy stuff, but it really it makes them hit really well in a way that's just really really nice. Yeah, we um we cut to the fight, and uh, we see Space Matter Fighter X is already on stage fighting. Oh yeah, um, you know he's here. I don't understand why we thought he wouldn't be. I mean, you know, he's Space Meta Fighter X. He has a hat on. That's new. Um, and yeah. uh, but other than that, you know, he, he lost his bangs, uh, and or his ponytails, you know. But I guess he likes to, to switch it up every now and again. <laughs> I mean, wouldn't you? Yeah. Um, 
Uh, Totalizer is his metabot this took this go round. Uh, I'm Sloan, sorry. Sloan, um, oh, Keith, Keith Turtle. Turtle. <laughs> Keith Turtle, yeah. <laughs> Sloan was nice enough, I guess, to loan him Keith Turtle since, uh, um, you know, Pepper Cat probably doesn't want to, to fight without um, uh, Samantha being present. It's kind of fucked up that uh, Pepper Cat wasn't there for the recital, honestly, but, you know. Um, but it's just, you know, uh, Keith Turtle's too slow. Team Mexico is just basically taking advantage of his inability to kind of like keep up with Metabi and Similodon. And he's just getting, he is a, he is a defensive Metabot, so he can kind of take a little bit of it. But like Team Mexico is, is just focusing all of their fire on him. Uh, and Sloan, or excuse me, Space Metafighter X doesn't know if he can do it. Uh, and is, is you know, almost ready to throw in the towel, which is when Sam comes in, uh, standing on the edge of the arena. This is when I cry because she yells out that Sloan can't give up. He can do it because he's Space Metafighter X. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and it's rare to see Space Metafighter X have a moment of um, weakness. Uh, yeah. Given as Space Metafighter X is the perfect being. Yeah. Uh, besides Brass, of course. Um yeah. <laughs> But, like, this is what it takes. Uh, Space Metafighter X yells, will you give up and let your armor break, or will you show the Sabotanas who we are? Yeah. And then rushes in into a suicide mission. Yeah. Uh, basically, like, convinces uh, Totalizer that, hey, you do have just enough armor that we have to charge in there so that you're in range, the infect- in the effective range for your laser beam. Either they're going to take you out before you get there, or you get in close and you- you're going to destroy all of them. Um and that's when Metabi and Smilodon just like, you know, following behind, they're ready to support their leader and uh, manage to distract two of the, the Sabotons uh, bef- uh, long enough for Totalizer to get in there and uh, takes all three of them out with a laser blast. It's great. Love to see it. Um, and, and we don't have to see him Team Mexico ever again. Yeah, we don't have to see him ever again. But you know who we do get to see? The Phantom Thief Retort is watching. He's waiting. <laughs> Which... Again, <laughs> why? Why isn't he fighting? <laughs> um, you know the the thing that I'm uh, the thing that I don't understand is like you think Henry would be here selling tacos, uh, but he's not. We don't see him anywhere. Well, I guess Henry that, knows I, that's yeah. pretty gauche to sell tacos true, against yeah. Team Mexico. Now, yeah. if it was like a um, a Japanese Mexican fusion taco with like some takoyaki tacos, all right, yeah, but like. <laughs> Just a regular old taco is um, maybe a little on the nose for Henry. Yeah, maybe some, Besides, um, uh, uh, God, like a tempura taco would be good. Like, yeah, like, a, right. like, a, yeah, like imagine if you, uh, if you made a hard taco that had the consistency, like a hard taco shell that had the consistency of tempura batter. I don't know how you would do that, but I want it. See, uh, I was thinking of tempura shrimp uh, seafood taco. That would also be good. I can't eat it, but it would be good. Um, and I don't like seafood. So. Yeah. Uh, but theoretically, that would probably be real good. Yeah. Um, uh, not Japanese food, but, uh, you know, bulgogi tacos are really fucking good. Uh, okay. Yeah. Lots of lots of different things you can put on a tortilla and eat, uh, it turns out. Um, but yeah. Okay. So why isn't the Phantom Thief fighting? I, I get the first time around. Uh, was busy with something. And I get, you know, last episode uh, was trying to, um, you know be in disguise sure but like this episode he didn't have an excuse that was uh Um, visible 
No, he did. He had a perfect excuse. Um, he clearly puts value in uh, Samantha's career and her developing skills to eventually take over as the Phantom Thief Retort, which is why he went to go watch her dance recital, which he's just arriving to the arena as well. Um, All right. You see, yeah. <laughs> that is lore I can get behind. <laughs> Yeah, he was like, you know, uh, really had to check in on the recital to see how uh, uh, Sam's physical training, uh, acrobatics, uh, agility, that kind of stuff was going, uh, you know, because you don't really get to see that in meta battles all that much. And, <laughs> and to be fair, Icky is eight. He Next time around for this uh, fighting tournament, he's still going to be 12. Like, he'll yeah. be fine. He's got a he's, long career in Metabots left. Uh, he'll still be still too darn young to be yeah. fighting in a world stage next time around. Yeah, he can he can still go when he's 18 two more tournaments from now. He can still go when he's 22, which is probably Victor's age because anime is fucked up like that. Uh. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Him being at Sam's Ballerina um, or Ballet. Yes. Okay. I like that. Yeah. I'm no longer mad at Space Ma- or at Fantasy for Tort. I'm very happy to no prize this answer. Uh, so yes, uh, we then cut over to our final scene where uh, Sam, Sam and Sloane are, uh, you know, uh, making sure everything's good, uh, congratulating everybody on the win, um, and they even they they apologize for the whole mess. Uh, before Sam and Sloan realize they have nothing to apologize for because they're not Space Meta Fighter X. <laughs> it's a darn good bit and it always hit yeah um but unfortunately that does lead us to episode 44 uh yes swede and sour or watch out for the idols <sighs> mitch i hate idols <laughs> uh we find out that team spain has been defeated in a mere seconds by team sweden uh, and we are introduced to Team Sweden. We have Annika, Siri, and Margareta. It's Stockholm Fire, the idol meta fighters. And I now, fucking hate it. <laughs> now, okay. Um, so we're introduced to the BNY type Bunny Heart, which is a um, <sighs> bunny girl. Yeah, it's, it's a Playboy uh, bunny. <laughs> yeah, we don't we don't actually get the um the the model names for the Metabots until later in the in the dub. But yes, yeah. we have uh in the dub it's called Hopstar, and which it's is just, a better name. Yeah, I mean it it looks it looks like if you combined uh like a bubblegum crisis style mech suit with a bunny, and yeah, it's a bunny girl, but like. And those the, and like bunny suits are still sexualized mm-hmm. in Japan, but like they aren't synonymous with a softcore porn magazine like they are in the United States. Yeah. Like, it's a little bit more of a classy thing. Uh. Yeah, just ask Bulma from Dragon Ball Z. Yeah. Yeah. Bulma's here. Um, um, and then we have uh, the SLR type Sailor Mate, which yeah. is just the name of that entire line. Yeah. Uh, like, Brass is a Sailor Mate type. Yeah. So, like, all right. And then the FLS type Fancy Roll. Uh, it is called the Fossil Cat in the dub. Yeah. Yeah, I don't understand that one. I don't understand. Fancy roll makes sense, but like, yeah. I don't understand Fossil Cat with a I, K. I, it's Fossil Cat with a K. It is Fossil Cat with a K. It does kind of look like a cat. Like, it's very clearly supposed to be a cat magical girl, which is, you know, I'm I'm here for it. I think it's, I think it's a really good design. Uh, I don't know why they went with Fossil Cat, though, except to keep the F. Uh. I guess, um... 
But like, I, uh, I assume fancy role is also a direct reference to like the Mega Man character role. Uh, yeah, like that's fine. I get. I have no problem with the name. Uh, the the name fancy role. That's great. Yeah. I have a problem with Fossil Cat. Yeah, it seems it's like not they, they got, it's yeah. not a dra- it's not like a dinosaur girl. <laughs> it's not some sort of bone styled magical girl cat monster. Yeah. It's a pretty pink girl with like cat and like plane parts attached to yeah. it. <laughs> um but we are introduced to them as Swedish teams Pretty Girl Metabot Trio and then uh Amaretto, Sherry and Margarita are the three charming girls. Oh, I would have liked that so much better. I love Amaretto, Sherry, and Margaritas. <laughs> Not together. Uh, but, yeah, uh, I was going to say. I don't know. Um, maybe maybe like a, a Sherry, Amaretto, Sour would be good, mm-hmm. probably. Yeah. Um, oh, man, yeah. I should buy some Amaretto. Uh, <laughs> but yeah, uh, um, the three we, charming girls, uh, the narrator told, pops yeah. in. Uh, narrator in the second episode is like every third sentence is the narrator just saying nothing. This octopus I, is horny for idols and I don't like it. Uh, I mean, no, no. Okay. Yeah. Um, he pops in a lot, uh, just commenting about how everyone loves these idols and we see crowd shots of them holding like pictures of the idols heads up. Yeah. I mean, in, in the dub, we find out they are the most famous teenagers in metabots. Uh, also, the fact that they're explicitly teenagers with what's going to happen over the course of that episode. Uh, uh, they are not teenagers in the sub. Um, oh, they're just grown-ass women? <laughs> no. Uh, Margarita is a young girl. Okay, yeah, that's, that's you know, yeah. I'd buy that. But, like, very clearly, like, Annika and Siri are supposed to at least be, like, teens if not like young adults like yeah uh amaretto is cl- uh supposed to be a like an early 20s sherry is uh mid-teens and margarita is like preteen. yeah uh based um, on stuff that we get into later yeah uh i'm gonna assume that it's gonna be slightly different in the dub when we get yeah. to it um but yeah we uh we cut over to icky uh who is just mumbling about how much he loves and respects uh uh, Stockholm Fire, while he's holding a couple of different magazines, um, which we then cut over to, uh, uh, you now, know. No, hold on. I, I want to go over this bit because um, this is one of my favorite bits in this episode. Yeah. We get a couple of actually really good bits in this episode. Um, but this one, so Icky's in math class and he's got, uh, he has a Metabots book uh, inside of his math book, but then he has this idle book inside of his Metabots book. Yeah, the um, the the dub has it so zoomed in you can barely tell he's holding two books. Yeah, uh, um, which I I guess they didn't like the kind of like implication that you would get that he's looking at a porno mag or whatever. But yeah, uh, which yeah. is <laughs> definitely the implication you get because yeah. he has a nosebleed and falls out of his chair <laughs> and says, "What fearsome opponents!" Um, we cut over to the rest of the team, uh, Koji, Arika, et al. Um who are, you know, talking about this group, uh, finding out about, you know, how, how famous they are and all that kind of stuff. Uh, Koji seems to be the only one who's really taking them seriously as competitors, um, which is when uh, uh, Sloan, uh, we cut to Sloan, oh, excuse me, Space Metafighter X, uh, who tries to say something very poetic while, while holding a rose, but it's like basically gibberish and doesn't make any sense. Uh, <laughs> it's a good bit. 
Yeah. Uh, and uh, everyone wonders why Icky isn't here and where Icky's at. And that's when Medivy comes storming in to just uh, blow him up over the fact that he's, uh, you know, slathering over um, uh, Stockholm Fire magazines. Uh, which is when we, we cut over to Icky in a bookstore getting hot and bothered over Stockholm Fire magazines. <laughs> yeah. Um, Medivy is furious in most of this episode. Just mad and cussing out Icky. Yeah. Which is great. We haven't seen this dynamic in a while. They've been friends lately. And it's yeah. I'm I'm glad that we can get a Icky a shitty episode again. It's been a while. Yeah. Uh he does run into everybody as he immediately like runs out of the store, uh, and tries to pass off buying the the book as like getting intel for the fight. Uh and that's when Metavi continues to put pressure on him and we cut over to Icky's room, which is now covered in Stockholm Fire posters, magazines, figures, uh everything. Uh just top to bottom. Uh he's you know, Icky's Icky's become a gotcha whale. Uh <laughs> so um Metavi is screaming uh about how Icky spent all of his savings and didn't buy the spare parts like he was supposed to. Yeah. <laughs> so Ariko starts yelling at him, calling him a creepy otaku. And uh, Icky's just apologizing to Karen. It's not what it looks like. It's just research. And then Ariko goes, did you even buy ammo for Metabee? <laughs> and he goes, well, these magazines are expensive. Yeah. Uh, so, again, confirmation that Icky has to go out and buy bullets to put in his robot brother. Yeah. I mean, And then think- also that he didn't do that. How do you think Aki makes all his money? <laughs> well, in your side of the show, he's just shooting lasers. Lasers are free. He does shoot missiles. You got to buy those missiles. Yeah. Uh, um, oh, man. Uh, yeah, there, there's We get a little bit that I'm only going to bring up, too, because we have a good callback to it later. But, like, you know, Arika asks him why he has three copies of every single magazine. And that's because uh, Icky buys uh, one copy to read. Uh, one copy to put away and one copy to save for later <laughs> or one copy just in case is what he says. Yeah. Uh, which I don't like that. It's, you know, they could be collector's items. You never know. Uh, but, um, yeah, Erika drags him off to knock some sense into him. Uh, <laughs> physically, hopefully. Yeah. Um, uh, we cut over to the arena where, uh, team Kenya is going head to head with team Siberia. Uh, we've got some tornado mammoths that uh, turn into a giant blizzard and cover the entire arena in ice and snow and turn into a giant ice mammoth uh, and go to punch uh, Team Kenya. But uh, War Bandit no-sells it, just grabs them by the fist and, and cracks them and then jumps on top of them and, and blows them up in like one single shot. Um, now, this looks super cool. It does. <laughs> like, uh, uh, they're called mammoth tusks in the sub, which is fine. Um but, like, this entire fight looks really, really cool. Yeah. Like, this is uh, this is the – I'm kind of disappointed that, uh, you know, we aren't getting these kinds of fights. Like, this is the kind of fight you expect out of a tournament arc. You would think that these should be – like, every, every episode should have a fight like this. And they don't. And that's fine because every episode has things like uh, ballet or – uh, French deceptions or whatever. Uh, so it is, it's actually kind of refreshing to go into this expecting a, a what you would normally think of a for a tournament arc to have these big, amazing episode long fights. And instead, we're getting the same short metabot fights, but like, you know, 
they'll throw us a bone every once in a while. Uh, <laughs> I, I cannot agree enough. Like this is a shonen anime with a tournament arc, uh, mech even, and it's all the fights are like three seconds long. This is a this is a slice sli- uh, a slice of life show that happens to have a tournament going on in the background. Uh, it's it is really refreshing. You're right. I yeah. I was um I was actually kind of ex- excited, looking forward to like, oh, I wonder how Metabots is going to deal with like you know a 15 minute long battle sequence in this tournament arc because when they try, you know, they can do a lot of you know good action, and they just decided not to do it, and it's probably better. Yeah, I'm I'm sure we'll get one for the the Team Japan Team Kenya like uh final showdown. Um maybe. Yeah. But we'll see. Who, who even knows if there's going to be a final fight? They might just skip it. Uh well, you know, I th- I think we have some hints as to what may be going on at the end of this episode. Uh but so let's continue. Um uh Icky and B promise nothing's ever going to come between them. Uh you know, Icky's like, "Hey, you're my best friend. We're going to win this tournament together." You know, you're my partner. Uh, I'm not going to let anything come between uh, between us like that. And then, uh, you know, and like the, you know, stock on fire, like they're, they're nothing. Which immediately the stock on fire is right behind him and uh, start turning on uh, the works, talking about how, oh, you're, aren't you Icky Tenryo? Oh, we know all about you. You're so famous. Uh, like we're such big fans. And start playing this big cute act of like, oh, you know, can't we all be friends? You know, uh, we we don't have to we don't have to fight. Like, you know, uh, we uh, you know we have to compete, but like you can go easy on us, right? Uh, which is making Arika ready to fucking kill Icky because uh, <laughs> it works. Yeah. Um, but then we see it's not just working on Icky. Uh, Space Metafighter X. Sorry, I almost said the wrong name there. Yeah. And Koji are also swept up into this. Yeah. Well, and they each um, choose their own girl to be swept up by. Yeah. Uh, B pushes both of them into doing something about this. And they're like, yeah, we will. And then immediately it's them grabbing autograph books for them, for the girls to sign. Uh, um, and Sam tries to get control of Sloan, but just can't get a hold of them. And that's when uh, that's when yeah. Stockholm Fire starts talking about how uh, none hold of on, them, hold Sam on, real included. quick, before oh, we get yeah. to this very mean part of the show, there is a bit that I love. So uh, Sam is yelling at uh, Space Matter Fighter X, uh, mistaking him for Sloan for some reason, um, saying uh, you, you're trash for trying to get an autograph. You're out of the screws. To which Space <laughs> Matter Fighter X uh, back turned says, "I'm not the Sloan you speak of. I am Space Matter Fighter X." And oh, and then just like lipply raises raises his, his arms up to make the yeah. X, <laughs> and he looks like he's been crucified. <laughs> he does, or that it's he's a, doing like the thriller or something. <laughs> it's a very good sad Space Matter Fighter X pose. Yeah. Um. Oh man. And this is where uh, Stockholm Virus is talking about how uh, Sam, Arika, and Karen uh, are two-bit meta fighters. They don't know how to meta fight. They've they've got uh, subpar parts. And uh, maybe if they're gonna they're gonna you know accuse the boys of of uh, you know not paying attention to the right thing, then maybe they should get good at row battling first. Yeah. Uh, um, <laughs> that's not how it goes in the sub. Okay. So Amaretto. Um, looks the girls up and down and go, do you really consider yourself girls? Which is bad for many reasons. The reason that I'm going to talk about right now is these girls are eight years old. Yes. (laughs) So, um, you know, feminizing anyone and all that, not great. 
but also they are eight-year-old girls like yeah like give them a break like specifically like you know also like the implication there is like you're not hot and sexy enough to be considered women which is just like uh there's not just implication (laughs) so amaretto uh um amaretto sherry and then margarita popping in line to say your hair's a mess your clothes don't impress and your skin is crass which i'm just going to chalk that last one up to being a translation error yeah um you couldn't be worse if you tried to which karen goes you know it's not nice to judge others by appearances to which arika yells at karen (laughs) wondering what that's supposed to mean not mad at you know these older women and girls judging them yeah, but they, um, you know. I forgot what Karen says in the dub, but it's a little bit more in agreement with Stockholm Fire, uh, which is what makes the you know Rika's like reaction yeah. make more sense. Um, but yeah, uh, this is when Spike after after the boys uh, leave with Stockholm Fire. This is when we find out Spike is still here, uh, and he thinks they're tougher than they look because they're specifically using their star power. Uh, to um, uh, to take advantage of their opponents, which is when we cut to outside where Spike has an entire uh, you know blackboard set up uh, with photos and everything, has given magazines to uh, uh, Sam, Karen, and Erika, and is going over the fact that um you know uh, uh, Margareta is is a a um is a, a well known singer, uh, Siri is an accomplished actress, and uh. uh uh, Annika is like a uh, you know one of the most photographed supermodels of all time, um, and it's just they're using their fame and uh, charisma to basically uh, you know uh, get the up on the teams that they're battling, and that's why they keep winning. Um, and Spike is mysteriously immune to this star power. <laughs> it's because he's in love with his boss, obviously. Yeah. But uh, we do get a callback uh, to a previous joke uh, because it is clear that Spike is still a fan of of uh, Stockholm Fire because uh, uh, somebody makes the comment of, wait, Spike, why do you have three copies of the same magazine? <laughs> now, as good as this is, which I like the dubs version better. Uh, well, the dubs version is less creepy. Yeah. And the sub, um, he goes, Margarita, little sister type. Sherry is the classmate type, and uh, Amaretto is the big sister type. And then it's a big speech about how together every man will succumb to at least one of his fantasies with one of the girls. That is, they, uh, yeah, wow, you've really nailed in the head why I fucking hate idol culture. Uh. <laughs> yeah, um, but the entire speech here is about how, um, you know, they all encompass some sort of male fantasy, and they're together, they can take out any group of men, um, which is not great. Uh, yeah. Again, Spike is eight years old. <laughs> yes. Uh, I don't know. Especially the thing that makes me glad that the show came out in 2001 instead of now is yeah. uh, n- like nowadays there is enough kind of uh, knowledge of idol culture in the West that they would have just kept this bit. And I feel yeah. like the major reason they changed it is because, you know, 2001 in America, nobody had idea what idol archetypes were. They barely even knew what idols were. If they probably didn't actually know what idols were at this point. Um, so, yeah, I don't know. This fucking blows. Um, uh, so hold on. So uh, they ask Spike why he isn't all over these girls. He's yeah. the type. He's a creepy loser. And they're like, also, why do you have all these pictures? 
Yeah. And he goes, never mind that. Every man has something in his past he is ashamed of. <laughs> so it really sounds like he was a fan of these girls until he fell head and over heels for his boss. That's yeah. that's what I'm getting from them. Yeah. The, uh, the Spike what, backstory we deserve. Uh, but yeah, this is where uh, Samantha I can't wait has... till we get a Spike episode where he's Space Metafighter X. Oh, God, it's got to be coming, right? <gasps> I mean... It's either coming or it's not. And like, I won't be upset by either. <laughs> either he's just really bad at everything he does. So he doesn't get it. I mean, we do already have like three spike episodes. Yeah. For he's uh, bad at what he does. So I can't be too bad. Yeah. But Crosser Dog's good now. Uh, <laughs> well, he's not awful. I yeah. Guess. Um, so this is when Samantha comes up with her genius idea that they're going to make their own idol group to combat Stockholm Fire. And the way that they're going to win is um, by recruiting a fourth member. They're going to have four girls instead of three, and then they'll have more girl power, um, which, uh, you know, maybe this is a taste for what we're going to get. I was a, I immediately like, oh, no, they're going to put fucking Spike in a dress and make a bunch of boy in a dress jokes. But no, we cut over to the thing that makes me think this episode is going to save itself and be really good. Uh, it is everybody uh, flagellating themselves on the ground, just bowing down, begging Miss Caviar to join their idol group. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, um, I, I was worried about Spike being the fourth member, but I also thought... You know, Spike would probably really enjoy being that fourth member. <laughs> I, I think at first be upset, but I think he'd really grow into the role. Um, but we see Miss Caviar breaking another teapot. <laughs> That's yeah. like the third one we've seen her break. <laughs> and she's only been in an episode in like this bit. Yeah. <laughs> um, we also get a, a back and forth between the girls and Miss Caviar. That is different in the sub slightly. Um, she's embarrassed and flattered. Uh, yeah. Ask if they'll really take her. To which Spike goes, "Yes, a fourth member with glasses is essential." Uh, at least in the dub, Spike is like, "Yeah, you'll be the most beautiful one of all of them," which gets the other three mad. Uh, yeah, uh, but Arika they're, they're responds yeah. with, "What is this? The eighties?" <laughs> <laughs> yeah, which is a good. Um, yeah. So Miss Cavi goes, "I'm more than twice your age," and then Spike goes, "That's just going to widen the demographic." <laughs> And then they finally sell her on what's going to uh, get her to join the group. Yeah. Uh, I believe in the dub, Spike says, once you're famous, you can land a mega hunk. (laughs) 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 Or no, a super hunk, excuse me. Uh, Um, Yeah, he straight out goes, Mr. Toonhead will see you again. This is, we don't get the tuna head thing until, like, he says to the super Lang, and then we cut to Miss Caviar's internal monologue, where she starts thinking, if she's famous, maybe uh, she can win back Mr. Tuna Head. Maybe Mr. Tuna Head will know that she's still out there. Uh, and yeah, we do get this loving shot of Mr. Tuna Head. I'm glad that, you know, uh, I don't want anybody to get their hopes up. Mr. Tuna Head does not appear in this episode, but they're clearly setting it up for more future episodes. Uh, so I'm Romance I'm isn't dead. Yeah. It's almost dead, to be sure. This is yeah. This is <laughs> why I said uh, this is why I said that you know the Mister Tuna Head Miss Caviar romance arc. You can't boil it down to just two episodes. It's going to be at least these two, and maybe one more, maybe two more, uh, three or four if you count like uh, the the big giant uh, robot bit uh, from from the end of season one slash the middle of season two. You know, 
Uh, well, and we don't know what uh, Metabots Damashi, uh, the season three of Metabots, we don't know yeah. what that has in store. Oh, no idea. Uh, so we cut over to all of them sewing their costumes. Uh, Sam immediately gets too frustrated. She, I guess, uh, you know, like mother, like daughter. Uh, she doesn't want to be here. They've been doing this for hours. Uh, they've actually been doing it for 30 minutes. But Karen and Miss Caviar have finished their dresses. Uh, and Karen's has a goose. Yeah. Um, Sam goes, what's the point of being an idol if we have to sew our own costumes? <laughs> which, which is fair. And then um, Karen's goose comes. See, this is. So it comes out of the front of the skirt underneath the, the goose's head and neck. Which I unfortunately think is a bit of foreshadowing. <laughs> um, and they comment about the placement. Yeah. I so, you know, like it's it's weird because like this stuff never gets like I Miss Caviar isn't in the rest of this episode. We never see them in their costumes. I don't know if the whole idol thing is going to get brought back again oh, or not. Oh, uh, that's because that's all left in the sub. Okay, all right, I just, uh, yeah, they just cut everything out of the episode that I watched, I understand. So, um, yeah, Karen's got this weird goose head neck coming out of the um, front of her um, tutu skirt thing, and uh, they start going, that's awful, that's <laughs> not a good placement for that, um, to which uh, Samantha goes, yeah, I'm done, and then uh, Mr. Nader pops in and goes, um, it gives a little sad speech about how these legends of uh, idols uh, disband before their debut. And yeah. then we see Miss Caviar crying, going, but what about me? <laughs> um, oh. we, again, we do get a lot of like one lines from their narrator in this episode. And it's I didn't write them all for... down. I just wrote the word narrator a bunch. Yeah. I mean, we, we get a lot of narrator lines for all the episodes we haven't gotten any narrator lines in. <laughs> Or episodes that should have had more than one single narrator line. Yeah. Uh, I think by the end of this episode, we would have averaging out four narrator lines per episode now. <laughs> Christ. Uh, yeah, this is, um, we cut over to, uh, you know, uh, Koji, Icky, and Space Metafighter X with uh, Stockholm Fire. They are getting their cheeks autographed. Um, the font they use for, uh, you know, English is very, is a very bad fake script font. Um, and, uh, this is when Arika decides that she's going to go full paparazzo and try and get some dirt on Stockholm fire to expose them, try and try and work at him that way. Uh, and she sees they have a very weird, tall bodyguard with a, uh, a large Afro on, uh, who leads the girls and the boys out to go get milkshakes. I do like the bodyguards design. Yeah. It's a good look. Um, uh, this is when, uh, uh, you know, one of the defeated Spanish metafighters steps out, uh, his uniform is completely tattered, uh, but he calls out that no matter, he knows that he lost, he has no dignity, but he pulls a ring out and, uh, proposes, uh, to Sherry. Like he has to be with her. He loves her so much and he won't hold against her, uh, how, how badly, uh, they beat his team. Uh, um, and yeah. So his speech is, um, I've lost. I have shamed my entire country for how quickly we lost. I cannot return there. They will not let me live there anymore. But I don't care for no life without you. Or I, I will have no life without you in it. I only live for you anymore. Please take me. Um, they refuse him. 
And uh, they talk about how he's penniless and he's a bad meta fighter and he sucks. And they're going to go get milkshakes with these boys that are half their age, um, maybe more. Yeah. And he's just he's crushed. And that's when Arika pops out. Uh, trying to make Iki Koji and Space Metaf- Space Metafighter X realize that this what's happened to this guy right now is exactly what they're going to do to them. They're going to butter them up, beat them in the fight, and then drop them like a sack of bricks. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> it's it's weird. This is weird. This this episode is not great. Uh, yeah. For, like, they're eight years old. The boys yeah. are eight. And Amaretto is, again... Probably early twenties, I, and I mean Sherry's in her teens. It, it'd be weird if they were the same age too. Don't get me wrong. But yeah, like it's yeah. even if they're all teenagers, it's still weird and fucked up. <laughs> yeah, um, I it, if they you know uh, most of them for their ages weird that they're they were technically dating Team Spain who like look like to be twenty or thirty year olds. Uh, yeah. No, no part of this is great, but. At least they didn't play up Arika being jealous. Yeah, like that's, that's true. nice. The only person that she was slightly jealous of was Karen. This yeah. episode, and that's nice because that would have been worse. And even then, like even the the Arika being jealous of Karen stuff uh, doesn't even necessarily seem romantic. Most of the time, it just seems like an attention kind of thing. Mm-hmm. Um, like she she's Icky's best friend. I knew him in his idiot years, kind of thing. Uh, <laughs> I mean, just like Koji and Karen's gross years. Yeah. Uh, oh, man. Um, so this is when they all head off for milkshakes. Uh, Arika and Brass continue to camp out outside the hotel um, when they see Stockholm Fire leaving to get in a limo. Um, and uh, she runs over to Paparazzo, the uh, uh, flash camera, into the window of the limo when she gets, um, uh, you know, a... a manhandled by the bodyguard uh who uh, uh she kicks him which causes his wig to fall off and oh she discovers something but we don't find out what it is uh <laughs> what yeah, could it goes, be mitch uh and the sub he goes oh so you recognize my face I'm like well <laughs> well first of all you're still wearing sunglasses but like yeah, your wig here, fell off. Yeah, here's the thing: uh, is we're gonna find out what the actual reveal is, but at this point, I'm and I'm frankly like, uh, you know, um, feeling a bit yanked around uh, because it's you don't get enough of a clear shot at the face, but it, it's enough to make you think that it's uh, it's tuna head. Yeah, like that was my thought too. Yeah, um, I'm so glad it's not. Yeah, I, uh, on one hand, like, I'm mad that we didn't get them together in this episode, but also it means we get to get them together in a better episode. Uh, Yeah, but I really don't think, uh, not to get too ahead of ourselves here, I don't think he would be behind this plot. (laughs) That seems skeezy for him. Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. And Um, he's (laughs) underhanded, uh, cruel, vindictive, and, um, you know, duplicitous. But I don't think skeezy's on his list. <laughs> yeah. Uh, but we cut to the next day. Um, we're at the match. Uh, we get we get the introduction to both Metabot teams, which is where we get Fossil Cat, Sailor Maiden, Hopstar. Uh, and we get a reintroduction to um, 
uh, to the Team Japan. Again, uh, Space Metafighter X still using the one headshot, but a different uh, metabot this time. Mm-hmm. Um, that Here's, you know, I guess it is kind of weird that, uh, you know, Sloan is still doing the Space Metafighter yeah. X duty in this. But yeah. also, like, you know, Sam's had her hands full trying to start, start an idol group. So, yeah. Yeah, I... <sighs> I, I think Sam being Space Metafighter X here would have been like last minute just grabbing Sloan by the neck and then walking out on stage in the outfit um, to show the girls that, you know, show the girls up that that probably would have led to a better episode. I, I think the thing that makes that difficult on how to choreographer or choreograph this fight is Metabi is willing to throw down for this. And yeah. if Metabi and Peppercat could team together, like the only way that you make that fight work is if Similodon like betrays them because Koji tells him to to stop them. Which I mean, he does a lot. <laughs> so, I mean, like, uh, you, you know, the thing, the thing we get from Koji in this is he's simply telling, yeah. uh, uh, cause uh, I guess, uh, to start things off before we get there, um, you know, Karen is wondering where Arika is, uh, and the fight starts and, you know, Stockholm fire wishes them a, a good fight. And they're like, Oh, we love you. Blah, 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 blah. And then just like, uh, you know, they we beat get, the shit out of them. <laughs> we get, Hey, take it easy on us, please. Yeah. Like, um, Koji is literally telling Similodon not to do anything and just lets him get beat up. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Um, in the perfect world, Arika would have been Space Metafighter X in this episode. Yeah. Uh, I mean, that would have been brass for Sailor Mate right then, which would have been great. But uh, it is not a perfect world. Yeah. Instead, we get this weird, almost horny fight. Yeah, um, because, you know, uh, Metabi really tries to take him down, but, you know, now once uh, Totalizer and Similodon get taken out, they can gang up on Metabi, and he gets launched to the ground, and we get this extended sequence of Hopstar grinding her, like, doing an axe kick, and then grinding her heel into Metabi's chest. Yeah, um, <laughs> yeah, and when she's doing that, um, the uh, Charming Girls say, you know, when we win, we'll have you on as our um, guard dog, and There's uh, just... no, it's like keep you leashed up as our guard dog or something like that. Like it, it's also a very charged thing to say. To which Metabi says, "To be fair, working for three beautiful girls would be better than sticking with that icky." Like there is something really strange about this this sequence and this episode in general. I don't. It doesn't feel horny. It doesn't feel like the the Ninja World episode where we are actually getting like little bits the, of fan service here. The, and there. the grinding your heel into somebody's yeah. chest is yeah. It's it when, is, I, when I say it's not horny, I mean it's not being specifically framed as like as a fan service shot. Yeah, it is uncomfortably sexual though. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> that's a good way to put it. Yeah, yeah. Um, it helps the studio trigger did not do this episode. <laughs> God, could you imagine if if the studio uh, like I looked it up. Uh, I don't. I might have said this at the beginning of the episode. I'm going to say it again. I did look it up. Uh, it's you know uh, the studio trigger people weren't involved in this one, uh, which is very surprising. And I don't know how I'd feel if they were. <laughs> like if we got if if we got an even wilder, crazier, weirder, uncomfortable episode out of this. I don't know if it would be more entertaining or grosser. Uh, yeah, um, I would lean towards the the latter there. Um, to talk about the fight real quick in something that we don't ever really do. Um, I mentioned back during our uh, season finale, season one, you know, if I had a metabot, I would like a uh, a rabbit medal. 
because they are a support metal that speeds up your teammates here. Yeah. So the team composition here is uh, Sailor Mate has a um, has a beetle metal, just like Metabee. Yeah. Um, uh, Bunny Heart has a you know rabbit metal that is speeding up the other two, and then um, the uh, we actually don't have the metal type listed on any of the wikis I've checked for um, Fossil Cat there. Yeah, uh, I assume it's um it's either a flying type metal or uh, like a monkey metal because she is like she's doing you know, she's melee doing attacks. some shit with that with that staff. It is yeah. good to watch her beat yeah. the shit out of somebody with it. Yeah, I, I was going to either go with a plane type metal or a um yeah a, a physical metal, but like yeah. they are sped up, like they are moving super fast due to Bunny Heart. So like yeah. this team composition is actually really good. They, we have you know, uh, uh, we have a nice support that still has a lot of physical abilities, and then two just killers on the battlefield. Because Sailor Mate uh, is one of the top rated um, um, gun shooting metabots behind uh, the um, the Kabuto type for uh, Metabee. Yeah, I mean, it, it really does speak to that the Spike and Koji were right to take them seriously as competitors. Uh, and also, like you know, come to think of it, it really does show uh, how how little um, Koji's love for Karen uh, must be if, you know, because he could be like Spike and be immune to this whole thing, and he's not. Yeah, uh, <laughs> it's – Koji thinks he deserves Karen is the true. problem, which and is why yeah. he needs Sam to straighten him out. Obviously, and and this proves that uh, you know Icky's Icky's feelings for um, you know Karen is just just a, a childhood crush. You know, it, yeah. uh, it's fleeting. It'll it'll go away one day. Uh, <laughs> well, he does keep saying the entire time um, about his crush probably won't last long. But um, they also say um, how our, their love is forever. So he fluctuates back and forth throughout this yeah. whole episode. So this is when Arika finally shows up. She looks like she's had the shit beaten out of her. Um, yeah, I also really didn't like that. Yeah, uh, there's a lot of bad parts in this episode. That's probably the worst part, right? Yeah, uh, she um, she reveals that uh, the uh, they're actually uh, rubber robo members uh, and pulls off the the wig of the uh, the bodyguard to reveal his he has a singular rubber robo antenna. Um, and this is when Stockholm Fire does a transformation sequence to reveal themselves as super evil rubber robos. Uh, you know, they've got the the black uniform, sunglasses, and everything. Yeah. I, uh, I really wish this is where it ended for the episode. For them. Yeah. Uh, Arika tells him to get in gear and defeat the rubber robos, but Icky and everybody refuses, even knowing they're rubber robos, because they'll always be Stockholm Fire to them. No. Uh, we we get we get a good line here in the sub. Um, yeah, <laughs> uh, they they're like, well, they may be evil, but they're still charming girls. And Arika goes, "Is that ethical?" And then everyone gives a big cheesy thumbs up. It is to me. <laughs> <laughs> that like triple thumbs up is is good. Uh, oh man, um, this is when the Phantom Thief retort flies in. Uh, however, and uh, you know th- throws some uh, uh, exploding um, uh, uh metals at them which uh wow i love this i love a trans panic joke because he he blows their chests off and uh then throws it out of their explosive which toasts them revealing their disguise they were men all along mitch yeah just some men dressed up as as women trying to trying to get you to like a woman but it's really a man this fucking sucks 
This yeah. is the worst episode. Uh, yeah. This single joke um, has almost ruined Metabots for me. <laughs> yeah. Uh, it sucks. Uh, it is not good. Um, there's no joy to be taken from this transformation sequence, no. Yeah. Yeah. Um, uh, yeah, basically the rest of this episode just fucking sucks. Like, you know, uh, I, I, I guess the Phantom Thief, like, blows them up with a bomb and that makes them lose, even though it's very clearly somebody from... Somebody who's not a part of the team, like, interfering uh, in the match. What happens in the sub is um, Icky gets infuriated at uh, these events and says, all right, Medibi, let's get him. And Medibi uses his horn missiles, and it just takes the one horn missile, and they all blow up and lose instantly. Yeah, it sucks. Uh, Teen Japan yeah. wins. Hooray. Whatever. Uh, Icky tries to, like, you know, starts kowtowing to Arika, just being like, oh, you know, I, I was all, I always, like, was planning to fight them. Like, you know, da 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 da. Um, uh, Retort is kind of still hanging over the arena. It's just, like, wondering what the rubber robos are up to because they've always been working in the shadows, which we then cut over to, I guess, a nice scene where Victor is like watching from a box and is talking to a mysterious woman that we never see the face of, but uh, mysteriously has Google Girl's voice and, uh, you know, says he he still isn't wowed by Team Japan, but he's made some kind of deal uh, with uh, with this lady to get. Uh, you know, to to get the best of uh, top of the line meta parts, and uh, is yeah part of their agreement is when he wins, he'll hand them their medals over. Whoop de do, episode's over. Hooray! Which, all right, so, um, Retort looks and goes, Rubber Robos, they're back, but they disbanded, which explains why we haven't seen Rubber Robos yet. Yeah, in the last couple episodes is because you know after Metabotzilla, you know, was destroyed. The organization fell apart after they learned their leader was a cat. <laughs> you oh know, yeah, well, stopped hanging I mean, out. Also, presumably, uh, in that whole thing, uh, the cat and uh, abandoned the actual rubber robo. So I'm sure mm-hmm. they all got arrested by his dad, or shot and killed. You know, yeah. whatever. <laughs> um, so we don't get many lines from the the woman and the um, the sub, and I couldn't place the voice. Uh, the voice being Gil Girl. Kind of gives away the the mystery there. Yeah, it's uh, like uh, it's enough that like, especially since in the sub, they hint at uh, like so Victor turns to walk away, and then uh, the mysterious lady says, "You know what you have to do." He goes, "I will follow my deal." Like he, he basically talks about how uh, he's going to follow through on his deal, but he won't do anything that he considers bad. Uh, so so yeah, like so like the, we don't get any information. The dub uh, just kind of goes. These kids watching this show need a little bit of help, I think. Yeah. I, I don't know. And the other thing is, is like, I don't think you're supposed to take it as Gil Girl. I think it's probably just Gil Girl's voice actress doing double duty because she does like fucking eight different characters in the show. Yeah. And they probably uh, she does uh, most uh, of yeah. them, apparently. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, um, but it is, you know, uh, the the body does look like Gil Girl's and it is wearing red, which is tied to Gil Girl. If, show. if it turns out to be a different character, I won't be surprised, but. Yeah, we'll see. <laughs> yeah, those were two episodes of Metabots. <laughs> yep. Yes, they were. One was really, uh, really good. Yeah, I would even I would go so far as to say one and a half of these episodes were really good, and yeah. then a quarter of these episodes were really bad, and another quarter is some of the most awful shit we've had in fucking Metabots. Uh, yeah. Um, 
I, I, I guess we got the fact that Go Girl is the only rubber robo that was, um, you know, a, a girl presenting rubber robo. But like, you could just change that. Like, yeah, that doesn't have to be, you know, the, Bible there. You, you can do whatever you want with it. Or hey, this new rubber robo is more gender inclusive. Yeah, instead I mean, of a bunch the, like, of creepy dudes. Yeah, I mean, like the the thing I would have assumed is that, uh, you know, uh, the 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 fucking cat had to after the entire organization was demolished had to like um you know completely rebuild from the ground up and it just so happened he recruited a star swedish uh idol group to be a part of the organization like that that's you know that's not a hard sell that's a, that's a pretty easy explanation for everything <laughs> this could be the swedish uh branch of the rubber robos like it doesn't have to be japan centric yeah, like this I mean, is a worldwide yeah. crime organization. It could be it's wherever. Like, yeah, like they they like the the Japanese branch was demolished, so they had to bring in international teams to fill in. Like, it's not hard. It writes itself. Yeah, uh, literally anything but what they did. Um, yeah, it makes me look down on retort a little bit more too, which is not something I thought I would do. <laughs> but okay, I'm also still upset. It's it's Keith Turtle and Sloan. <laughs> Obviously not as bad, but like I, I don't understand a lot of the decisions they're making this tournament arc. Yeah. Um, well, you know, we have futures past and the metaphors within next time, which sounds like they're gonna be some plot heavy uh episodes. I we're probably gonna get some backstory, we're gonna get some metaphors bullshit. Um and yeah. <laughs> <sighs> but you know what? Um hopefully God, I hope Sloan's not the Space Metafighter X next time around. Yeah, it would be. I I feel like we're gonna get we're gonna get uh, Phantom Thief retort as Space Metafighter X at least in in one of the episodes next. If we got metaphor stuff, he's the only person we know that uses yeah. the metaphors. I I feel like Future's Past is gonna be the the Henry backstory is what we're gonna get. Um, maybe. nice. We can finally find out Henry is Henry all along. No, d- different Henrys. People could have the same name, Mitch. Come on. We went over this before. You couldn't name two people with the same name. Um, okay, then where's my fucking $2,000, Mitch? You turtle ass. Get to work in the Senate, all right? <laughs> oh, man. Oh. Oh, no. I know you're not Mitch McConnell. I know you're not Mitch McConnell. <laughs> man, that... that is, Obviously sucks for a lot of reasons, but every day I would open a Twitter and people are just yelling at Mitch and I'm like, oh God, <laughs> what I'm did sorry. I do? I'm sorry, Mitch. I take it back. Uh... <laughs> I deserve it. No, I get it. It's fine. I deserve it. Uh, so Mitch, um, where can people find you on the internet? <laughs> uh, they can find me at Big Bad Beetle Boy on Twitter. Uh, it's where I'm spending most of my time here anymore. Uh, Lockdown is still a pretty big thing here, believe it or not, in America, where we've taken no precautions. Uh, Colin, what about you? Um, you can find me on my public Twitter at Pagetish or on my private Twitter at Pagetesque. Um, still trying to make sure I check the uh, incoming uh, follower requests on there at least once a week. Um, you can find my other podcast at Commonwealth Climate Talks. Uh, it should be out everywhere now. Um uh, might even have a second episode out by the time this episode comes out. Um, and yeah, um, I'm trying to think if I was, no, nah, yeah, nothing else going on. It's basically it. I am thinking about starting another podcast. I don't know why, but uh, we'll see. 
I mean, you might as well, right? It, it it would be it would be a one person podcast. Uh, I have been inspired uh, by a friend and um, uh, uh, never believe it member Ray, who has started a one person let's read uh, Subasa Chronicle podcast, and it's very unlistenable, unlistenable, and very good, and just like <laughs> really feels like being alone in an aisle at Barnes and Noble reading uh, manga. Uh, it's good. Um, some, I'm thinking about doing a one person AP podcast once I finish writing my game. Um, all right. Because that all right. Yeah. Helpful. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, I'm, I'm down. And, yeah, that sounds and good. when I, when I say one person, I don't mean a, a Jeff Stormer party of one situation where it's me running the game for one other person. I mean, basically taking a traditional role-playing game and turning it into a journal game. <laughs> I thought you said Jeff Dunham party of one. <laughs> I blanked out there for a minute. Oh, yeah. You know, he does an AP podcast where it's him and all of his puppets playing D&D. It's like, oh, God. (laughs) Uh, At least having another podcast will give you more stuff to say at the end of the episode. 